When you think of the Lord of the Rings or Tolkien, you cannot do so without thinking of Hobbits. Of course, it serves as the title for his first published work set in Middle-earth, and that merry race is at the heart of its longer and more epic sequel. In a sense, Hobbits were the bridge that connected Tolkien's private hobby, his epic legendarium of Middle-earth, with the rest of the world. They are an entry point into the mind of the man and the great myths he created. One cannot think of Hobbits without thinking of their modest Hobbit hole dwellings. They are, at once, the coziest places a man could imagine, and the most bizarre. Literally holes in the ground, many hobbits lived in this fashion and converted their delved domiciles into a country Victorian paradise. And there is no greater hobbit hole than Bag End. It is the point of origin, the home base from which the two great adventures spring. It is the hole that, in the beginning of The Hobbit, we are assured is not nasty, dirty, or wet, nor dry, bare, or sandy. It is a hobbit hole, and that meant comfort. Comfortable is only one worthy adjective for describing Bag End. It was also immensely spacious, almost labyrinthine, and very important. It even took the role of Haunted House in Lotro with the coming of the Fall Festival. So in this special episode, we'll have a brief look inside. Where did it come from? And what do we know about it? And was there really treasure lodged in its elaborate walls? It's Bag End, and you are listening to Beneath Your Feet. Bag End was built by Bungo Baggins, Bilbo's father, in 2890 of the Third Age. Bungo was recently married to his sweetheart, Belladonna of the Tooks, and was ready to settle down in proper hobbit fashion. The Bagginses were a very rich and aristocratic hobbit family, and while it is unclear as to exactly where their wealth came from, we can probably assume that they were amongst the first to settle in Hobbiton, and so the first to claim property there. Even in the Shire, real estate is good business. And so Bungo picked the hill across the water, just above Bagshot Row, to build his lovely hole. Despite its capacity for a whole trove of hobbit lads and lasses to grow up in, Bungo and Belladonna had only one son. Bilbo grew up, and after the passing of his parents, he inherited Bag End and much of his family's wealth. There he would live a comfortable, quiet bachelor's life, smoking on the lawn, eating several lunches a day, and mining his garden along with the hired help of the Gamgees. But, as we all know, this did not quite work out. Bag End was raided by a party of dwarves and one wizard, and after a trip there and back again, old Bilbo returned to Bag End just in time to stop it from being auctioned off and to fill it up with gold from foreign parts. Being a bachelor, and not wanting it to slip into the hands of his loathsome cousins, the Sackville Bagginses, Bilbo chose an heir and his young cousin Frodo. Frodo was orphaned at an early age, an interesting trend in Tolkien's stories, and was taken under the wing of Bilbo so as to see him raised properly and not with those queer Bucklanders. After Bilbo's departure, Frodo took over as master of Bag End, most desirable of hobbit holes, until circumstances forced him to sell it to the SBs. This is the point at which we, as Lotro players, interact with Bag End. After Bilbo's vanishing act, the legendary Mad Baggins got even madder, and the more impressionable residents of the Shire soon raided Bag End, digging for gold locked away in its secret cellars. 
As we know, they were ejected by Frodo and his friends, most visibly after the big party, but apparently that was not the last of it. And at least in Turbine's version of Hobbiton, the digging continued, and soon an alternate route was found in the vast cellars of Bag End. Now that we're up to speed, let's talk about Bag End itself. As I said before, it was immense. In the show notes, you will see a link to a floor plan of the place. There were numerous rooms, parlors, sitting rooms, a large kitchen, larder cellars, and of course, a nice foyer with plenty of coat hooks. To quote the book directly, its tunnel wound on and on, going fairly but not quite straight into the side of the hill, the hill, as all the people for many miles round called it, and many little round doors opened out of it, first on one side and then on another. No going upstairs for the hobbit, bedrooms, bathrooms, cellars, pantries, lots of these, wardrobes, he had whole rooms devoted to clothes, kitchens, dining rooms, all were on the same floor, and indeed on the same passage. The best rooms were all on the left-hand side going in, for these were the only ones to have windows, deep-set round windows, looking over his garden and meadows beyond, sloping down to the river. Now, if you just sighed with a mixture of longing and delight, that's okay. Readers have been doing that for 75 years now. Who doesn't want to retire to a quiet life in Bag End? Even this short description and the knowledge that Tolkien was inscrutably English paints a vivid picture in our head of a modified English cottage, such as one might find in the Victorian era. The various sitting rooms and parlors, rooms for every purpose, point to the wealth of the Bagginses, as do the abundance of food and the accommodating lifestyle Bilbo leads before he is swept away. In Lotro, Bag End is well represented. There are only about four open rooms. The rest of the hole is blocked off by chairs and other oddments left by the newly moved in SBs. Still, even in its limited and transitive state, Lotro's Bag End shows off all the comforts of Hobbit life and all the quirks of Bilbo. There are portraits of various Hobbits, Bagginses of course, books and books and more books. The tables and chairs practically shout of their former users, dwarves, wizards and Hobbits of the most venerable renown. As I said, it's the kind of place a person could settle down in with ease. And yet, there is a careful handling one must take of the place. Before you prop up your feet and settle in, there is a draft to be smelled, details to notice, and a fixed place in the imaginations of millions to be respected. In our minds, Bag End can and should remain a haven for those weary travelers looking for a rest. Should we take up the residence, then, it's no more than another house to be filled with stuff and toiled over as the rest of life. This finest of hobbit holes remains, to the imagination, a waypoint or a rest stop or a base to return to. It's the symbol of all that Tolkien's countless admirers hold dear, that perilous realm we can escape to when the wide world comes at us with its troubles. I sit beside the fire and This has been episode 21 of the Beneath Your Feet podcast. Thanks as always for your listening ears and your support. A seriously belated thank you to Vinny the Torch over on iTunes for the positive review as well. If you'd like to learn more about Bag End, check the show notes on the blog at lotrobeneathyourfeet.com. From there, you'll also find links to the iTunes feed, as well as the BYF, Facebook, and Google Plus pages. 
As you may have noticed, I've been flying solo the last few episodes, and I think the best way to fill the gap, besides bringing back some of the excellent guests of past episodes, is to open things up. So, coming up in episode 22 is a trek through the Lone Lands. And if you'd like to put your two cents in on that vast and famously empty place, send me an email at shipwreck at lotrobeneathyourfeet.com, and I'll be sure to get you on the show. Thank you again for listening, and I'll look forward to your emails. My name is Shipwreck, and we'll see you next time when we go beneath your feet. I sit beside the fire and think Of how the world will be When winter comes without a spring I shall ever see For still there are So many things That I have never seen In every wood and a different green I sit beside the fire and think of people long